Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to morning prayers. We will begin today's service with a responsive reading from the Black Appleton Chapel Psalter, Psalm Selection Number Eight, found on page four. Please stand as you are able. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth! You who have covered the heavens with your splendor. When I behold your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place. What is man that you have been mindful of him? Mortal man that you have taken note of him? That you have made him little less than divine, and adorn him with glory and majesty. Sheep and oxen, all of them, the wild beasts, too. The birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever travels past the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. You may take your seat. Thank you. 
Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to read a short passage written by the artist, teacher, and advocate for social justice, Karita Kent. We don't really know what already exists in the universe, so we have to be alert to see what we've not seen before. Look at something around you and say about whatever catches your eye, I don't understand that object now. We don't understand the fullness of everything, anything. Things constantly change, and we may have seen an object only five minutes ago and thought we knew it, but now it is very different. To be able to adjust to these subtle differences means looking anew with what materials we have gathered up inside ourselves, as well as noting what changes have taken place within the object. We need to be aware of what we don't know yet. That was from Karita's beautiful book, Learning by Heart, Teachings to Free the Creative Spirit, written with her former student, the artist Jan Stewart. As an artist, Karita is best known for her prints that often combine short texts, ranging from Bible verse to poetry to advertising slogans with her own or appropriated images. But these days, it is her words that somehow feel very important to me. I don't understand that object now. I try to remind myself of this truth every day. I try to remember that even here in this university, which celebrates the creation and transmission of knowledge, none of us really understands the fullness of that object now. But I also agree that we all need to try to see what we've not seen before, especially things we think we know. Karita and other artists teach us that we must look closely to understand even as the objects and we ourselves change. Recently, I made use of one of Karita's teaching tools to help my students and myself try to more fully understand things. This tool is called a finder and could be anything from the viewfinder of your camera to a simple homemade device, basically a rectangular hole cut out of a piece of heavy paper or cardboard. One simply looks through the finder, allowing it to guide one's eyes to a section of something larger. You'll start to see things out of context. Perhaps contrary to your academic instincts, this is a good thing. The idea is to engage in what Corita called slow looking, which decontextualizes images from a larger field of vision and forces one to see small sections of an object with fresh eyes, to help one see the world anew. One might even try something like this with other senses as well, by listening to a small section of music or speech, or perhaps smelling one spice rather than the many that make up a favorite dish. For me, using Karita's technique allows for a quiet, slow re-examination of my assumptions, not only about what I see, but sometimes about what I think. I used the finder the other day to look at a beautiful work of art, which I am privileged to see just about every day at the office, which, fortunately for me, happens to be the Harvard Art Museums, a place with many beautiful things to see. But of the many wonderful objects on view, I'm often drawn to an enormous sculpted wooden hand from the 13th century, a fragment of what was once a statue of the Buddha of possibly 16 feet in height that stood in a temple in Western Japan. Using the finder on the sculpture for the first time, I noticed many details I hadn't seen before. For instance, and I promise I'm not making this up nor trying to be mystical, I saw markings that formed what looked like the face of a seal pup. I noticed many other things as well, including the beautiful layers of aged naked wood, lacquer, and gilding, 
exposed as if strata in an archaeological excavation. But it also struck me that the gilding was a kind of beautiful survivor of various tribulations and indeed of time itself. We tend to characterize this state of affairs as loss, referring to the losses the object has suffered. But as I stared through the finder, I did not see it as loss alone. The gilding had somehow survived since the 13th century and seemed to be more a testament to its endurance than anything else. I felt unexpectedly uplifted, and I now see the sculpture in a new and more complicated way. What else am I missing? Carita said, one purpose of art is to alert people to things they might have missed. And she also considered us all to be artists. Not all of us are painters, but we are all artists, she said. Today, please think of yourself as an artist and try to find what other people have missed. Please join me in saying the Lord's Prayer found on the back of your order of worship. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please stand as you are able to join and sing together from the Crimson Mem Church hymnal, hymn, Jerusalem, My Happy Home, found on page 337, the first and the fifth verse. time forth forevermore. Amen. 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 